appreciate you being here today. Uh, you see the title of the sermon today is Peace with God. And you might wonder what that's all about. And uh, so I'm going to try to explain that to you today as we look at a passage of Scripture in just a moment. But first, I'd like to bring you up to date on where we've been. Last week, I told you a story about a divine appointment I had just 10 days ago when I was called to the bedside of a dying man in, in a, another community. I, I moved to that community in 1988. Uh, I served as pastor there for nine years. I left that community in 1997. And this individual who I had the opportunity, uh, and I say it was a divine appointment, and I think I can make that clear to you, in just a moment, why it was such. The person that I visited with, I had not seen since I left that community in 1997. And what makes it remarkable in that I made the visit is that during the time that I lived in that community, I really had nothing to do with that individual or he with me. I was his pastor. Uh, however, he wouldn't come to church. He didn't come to church. Uh, he had no interest in church. Uh, I was more than anything else an annoyance to his lifestyle, but that night, uh, about 10 days ago, as he lay dying, he found out that I was in the community and that I was preaching revival, and he sent word for me to come to his home. Now, the reason that story is relevant to our message this morning has to do with the relevance of the book of Romans itself. Paul was writing in the in the book of Romans, the New Testament book of Romans, he was writing to people who needed the Lord. He was writing to people of the first century, but we, what we have said as we've looked at the book of Romans is that the book of Romans is Paul's letter to the 21st century. And the reason it is relevant to the 21st century is for the same reason it was relevant in the first century. People still need the Lord. And in that first century, there were people who were dying and in danger of facing the judgment of God. The clock was ticking, time was running out, and Paul felt an urgent need to, to bring to them the hope that they had in the Lord Jesus Christ. That need is just as urgent uh, in our day. In fact, it is more urgent, and the reason it is more urgent is that because the clock that was ticking in the time of Paul has been clicking ever since, and all of us are inching ever closer uh, to the judgment of God. Now, that man told me that night as I visited with him in his home something I have never had a man tell me before. You would think that a pastor would have had a man tell him this or someone to tell him this, but no one had ever told me this before. He said, I know I am dying. And I am scared to death. He was not afraid of pain, nor was he afraid of his illness, which he'd had quite some time. He was afraid to die. And the reason he was afraid to die is that he had no peace with God. Do you have peace with God? That's what we'll talk about this morning as we turn to the first two verses of Romans chapter 5. Paul has been talking about the hope that people have in the Lord Jesus Christ and the hopelessness of people apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. Not the hopelessness of some people, but the hopelessness of all people. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But he talks about the radical change that takes place 
once a person puts their, their faith and their hope in the Lord Jesus. And so he says in these first two verses of Romans, he says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We're going to talk more about what Paul was talking about in these verses. Maybe you don't have a clue about what he was saying and what it is he's talking about, but we need to answer some questions related to this verse and what he was saying. The first question is this, that you need to know the answer to. Why is it that you need peace with God? Why does Paul use that word? What is he talking about here? Well, he's talking about what happens to a person who moves from being God's enemy to a position of peace with God. Now, how is it that a person could be an enemy of God? Well, uh, Paul took the first three chapters of the book of Romans to establish the fact that all of us are enemies of God, that apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, we are all God's enemies. He uh, even spoke to the Jew who, because of his religion, thought certainly there's nothing he had to worry about in terms of the judgment of God but he took the Old Testament in chapter 3 and a series of verses from the Old Testament. He put them in chapter 3 of Romans and Paul listed them this way. He said, remember what your Bible says. There is none good, no, not one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks for God. They have all together turned aside, and they have all together, all of humanity, he's painting a picture of all of humanity, he said, they've all together become unprofitable. And yet, he said here, we have this opportunity to have peace with God. Now, uh, the man who called me to his home uh, wouldn't have to wait for the day of judgment, the day of judgment that's coming, that day called the day of the Lord when God is going to execute punishment on His enemies, the day of His wrath, and, and God's judgment is coming on all of us if we've never put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The man who called me to his bedside wouldn't have to wait for that day. He was nearing death. And the Bible says, It is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. And he was dying as God's enemy. Well, what about you? Well, who are God's enemy? Well, the answer to that is found in Romans 3.23, where Paul said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not some people, but all of us. All of us have sinned. And therefore, everyone who sinned and fallen short of the glory of God is a rebel, is God's enemy. There are no exceptions, and we're all sinners. David wrote in Psalm chapter 1, verse 5, The wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. In Psalm 7.11, and that's not a convenience store, by the way. It's a Bible verse. And it says that God is angry with the wicked every day. Imagine that. If I am a sinner, God is angry with me every day. And who is a sinner? All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Then, then here's the next question. 
then what is my hope of peace with God? Well, what hope is there? Our only hope is in God Himself. If God doesn't do something to change my circumstances, then certainly I'm hopeless. In chapter 4, Paul reminded us of what God had done. You just look at the last verse of chapter 4, and you see that reminder. He said, Jesus our Lord was delivered for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Peter preached uh, in the book of Acts that Jesus the Nazarene was nailed to the cross. We put him to death by the hands of godless men, and death couldn't hold him in its power. On the third day, he was raised from the dead, raised as proof of the fact that his death on the cross was God's method of dealing with my sin. The cross is my one and only hope of peace with God. So he says here in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, we look at those verses again, and they're so important to us today. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We talked about this word to be justified or the word justification. It's a biblical word, really it's a legal word in Greek and it means to be declared right. In this case, it means to be declared right with God. Declared right with God in spite of our sins. Declared right with God in the wake of His wrath. Declared right with God on the basis of the death of God's own Son and by His resurrection from the dead. The opportunity to be declared right with God is available to every person who believes in Jesus, declared right with God by faith. The world in which we live, the world of the 21st century, this, this, this world that's really a powder keg, this world that's breaking apart, under our feet, uh, we, we talk about environmental dangers. There are also political dangers, economic dangers, physical dangers of disease. People are dying every day in this world in which we live. And people need the Lord. They are facing the judgment of God that's going to come after death or the judgment of God that's going to come on our world. But when I put my faith in Jesus and what He did for me on the cross, everything changes. Paul met, Paul's message to men in the, 20, in the first century was simply this. How, how can I have peace with God? How can I be saved? How can I know that I'm going to go to heaven when I die? Paul said simply this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Now, let me remind you, that's not just an intellectual belief. We talked about this table down here. We call it the Lord's Supper table in our church. But this little table, well-built, strong table, if I ask you, do you believe this table is strong? You would say to me, yes, it looks like it's built strong to me. You believe it's strong. That's a good thing. But it's only intellectual. You've only agreed with me that the table looks strong. You might even come by and slap your hand on it and say, wow, this is a strong table. I believe in this table with all my heart. That's still only an intellectual belief. 
you have not really shown me that you have any confidence at all in the table. It's not until you get on the table yourself and rest your weight on it that you have shown me that you have confidence in the table that it is strong enough to hold you up. And so simply to say, I believe in Jesus is not what you need to do. It is putting the full weight of your eternal soul on the hope of His promise. And Paul says then, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, that kind of faith, we have peace with God. Peace and not war. Peace and not the dread of judgment. Peace and not the fear of God's wrath. Peace with God. Peace by faith. Why does it depend on faith? Look at Romans 4.16. If you'll just look a few verses back, a very important verse, Romans 4.16. It depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed. I like the word guaranteed. Not many things are guaranteed anymore. You buy a car, how long is it guaranteed for? Not long. Not, not even as long as you drive it out. Ask the people who buy a new car and the transmission goes out. The transmission gets fixed, but they've got a repaired vehicle, not really a new vehicle anymore. They don't have much confidence in it. They don't have much confidence in driving it down the road anymore. It's guaranteed. Guaranteed to all those who have the faith that Abraham had. A faith by which Abraham was declared right with God. Peace with God. The man who asked me to go to his home was a man who didn't go to church. He wasn't involved in church. He lived his whole life outside church. I told you last week, he said to me, Brother Eddie, I have not been a good man. And as he lay there dying on his deathbed, he admitted that he had no peace with God, and he did die seven days later. He felt that. He was afraid to die, and he said so. He knew he was God's enemy. He knew he was facing the judgment of God. What is a man like that to do? What if you're that person? He was in his last days and he was grappling, but how is he going to get peace with God? What did he have to do? He needed an answer. He needed it soon. He didn't need it the next day. He wanted me to come that night. How can I have peace with God? That's not just a question of a dying man. It ought to be the question of every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. What must I do to have peace with God? Look at here at Romans 5 again. Here's your answer. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, Paul has been talking to people who need the Lord. But in chapter 5, he's talking to people who, knows the Lord, who know the Lord. He's talking to people who have this faith. He's talking to people who have this confidence. He's talking to people who have this, who gained this access. There's no other solution comes through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Down in verse 9, it says not only are we justified by faith, but it explains it a little further. In chapter nine, verse 9 of chapter 5, he says, therefore we are justified by His blood. It's by belief in something that Jesus has done. Not confidence in even our, our own faith. Not confidence in faith, not faith in faith, but faith in Jesus and His death on the cross. But that death alone does not make peace with God. Jesus is the door to heaven. His cross is the pathway to peace with God. But the entrance into that door is gained by your absolute and total faith in Him. According to Romans 4.16, it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed. What then? Look at verse 2. Through Him we have obtained access by faith into this grace 
in which we stand. So what did I tell the man who was dying, who in fact died seven days later? I told him his only hope was to, to have peace with God, was to believe in what God did for him when he sent Jesus to die on the cross. Through him and through him alone, he could obtain access by faith into this grace. And Paul said, not only do we open that door by our faith and step through that door into this grace, we stand in it. It's like getting on the table and standing on it and saying, I'm safe now. It's going to hold me up now. I don't have anything to worry about anymore. I can be confident now. I have peace with God now. That changes everything. So we read the verses again in that light. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, because they're so important. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him. Not a word spoken about your goodness or my goodness or your works or my works or somebody else's works. Through Him, through His life, His death, His resurrection, we have also obtained access. Do you know what that means? It means gained entrance. It's coming to a door that's closed, a way that's blocked. And to have that door opened or that way cleared and to step inside that door, we have obtained access. We're inside the door now. It's okay. We have peace with God. But how do I get there? How do I stand in that place? I do so by my faith in Him. Now, finally, what difference does it make to have peace with God? Well, I've suggested to you that it changes everything. What does it change? What will it change in you? What will it change in me? Well, instead of living under the dread of judgment and the fear of God's wrath, Paul said we have peace with God. And the soul goes from one of, the, the, the atmosphere of the soul goes from one of gloom to rejoicing. Rather than standing under the dread and threat of God's judgment, he says, now, now we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have hope. We're looking to heaven. We're looking forward to heaven. We have confidence that we're going to be with God. We're looking forward to seeing God. We're not, we're not afraid to see God anymore. We, we, we're going to be received and accepted. That's a moment of joy. I've taken most of my time today to use this man as an example, this man who was lost and dying, who knew he was lost and dying, who knew he needed peace with God, standing at the edge of death, sensing God's coming wrath. Now, how did he do that? What, what was the change in him? What made the difference in him? Here was a man who never went to church, wasn't interested in God, didn't sense any need for God, was comfortable and complacent. And by the way, I have known people to die. I told you this is the only person I've ever, I've stood by, I've ever had tell me this. I've stood by many, many, many deathbeds across the years in my ministry and unfortunately watched people die and watched some of them die without any sense of concern for their own soul. They died complacent and unconcerned having never been to church and having never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Everybody doesn't die scared. Don't think that when you get there, you will be scared and you will change your mind. If you are complacent now, you will likely be complacent on your deathbed and a good bit unconcerned. What flipped the switch in this man's life? Well, thankfully, all over that community, there were some people praying for this man, praying that God would get his attention, 
praying that before his last hour, God would shake him and awaken him out of his unconcern. And here he was on that night, somehow finding out I was in the community, having never reached out to me in all the years that I was there, all the years that I'd been gone, reaching out to me on that night saying, please come and tell me how I can have peace with God. That's something only God can do. And that moves a man from being from living under the fear of judgment to having hope in seeing the Lord, having a hope of heaven. Same thing happened with the thief on the cross. We talked about him too last week. The two thieves, one on either side of Jesus, both of them casting insults at him. Jesus was dying on the cross. One of them somehow in the last moment, changed his mind and said, he reached out to Jesus and he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. He moved inside the door. He had obtained access by faith into the grace even though he was hanging on the cross and dying he could stand in it he had the hope of heaven in that moment that he never had now I don't know what's going on in your heart or in your life but I know this if you've never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ man woman boy or girl you need him People need the Lord. And today, God may have awakened you. By the way, that's something only God can do. That's not something a sermon can do or a preacher can do or a song service can do or a church can do. Only God can do that. And if God has awakened your concern of your own personal need of Him, then what do you do? Well, one of the things you can do is come down here during the invitation time that we have when we sing the final song and you can say, Brother Eddie, the Lord has spoken to my heart. I feel that I need peace with God. Tell me what I need to do. Pray with me and help me. Even if you don't come down at the invitation, you can come down after the service and say, Brother Eddie, I need to talk with you. Could we talk? Could we pray? Because your greatest need, your greatest need is for peace with God.